Millions of years ago, a podcast hit harmless phosphorescence. Hello, everyone. This is Throw Smiley, and I'm going to send you a SoundCloud to my uh, link to my mixtape if you want. Who's joining me this week? Please don't make me listen to your music. I'm Brian Lesh. <laughs> I'm just feeling it, and I'm Jeremy Reed. Like an antelope in headlights, I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's your weekly superhero podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production, the source material, and we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. Just head over to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. We got Star Wars miniseries, holiday shows, uh, music shows. Uh, we have a new monthly movie coming up. Um, the Mist should be up there in a, within a day or two uh, for our uh, April monthly movie. Um, buck a month is all you need to start listening. That's patreon.com slash harmless entertainment go on over check it out this week however on harmless phosphorescence we are going to be watching black panther i have seen gods fly i've seen men build weapons that i couldn't even imagine uh-huh i've seen aliens drop from the sky yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go. go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. And bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only getting started now. Cause we own ya. Everybody think they know me now. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. Black 
Black Panther. It was released on February 16th, 2018. It has a running time of 134 minutes. It cost $200 million and it made $1.3 billion. So uh, it was a little bit of a hit there. Um, it, it, I feel like I ask this all the time. Is this our first Oscar winning superhero movie? Is it? Well, I, I think there were no, someone. Dark Knight won. Mm, yeah. Oh, right. Heath Ledger got one, but the, I think there's been throughout the years a few technical ones here and there, like effects okay. ones. So I don't know. I'd this have to go back. I'm pretty sure Superman won an effects award somewhere. Is this the first MCU yeah. film that won an Oscar? Again, I don't know about the technical side. Um, this is certainly the first super, first and thus far only superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Uh, ah, there we go. That's that's a very important uh (laughs) like first for the genre um uh i mean yeah there hasn't been one since i know it was only a few years ago but um unlikely there's going to be another one anytime soon Zack snyder's justice league was robbed (laughs) oh my gosh morbius (laughs) they're the oscars next year i'm sure morbius will get a nod this is true Michael Michael Morbius MD may just sweep up. You don't yeah. know. It made uh, more billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's the highest grossing <laughs> film of all time, right? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> true. Uh, uh, no, Zack Snyder's Justice League did technically receive an Oscar statuette for when the Flash entered the speed zone. It got the special viewer's oh, okay. choice Oscar thing that they added this year. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> um, which is not technically a real Oscar, but he Zack Snyder gets the little statue. <laughs> I wonder, right. did they let the fans name that award? Because I'm surprised they didn't name it like Bodie McBoatface. Oh God, yeah, they would. Well, <laughs> my real, my real question is if Ezra Miller had been in the audience to accept it, would there have been two fights at the Oscars oh that God. night? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, Black Panther, um, made a lot of money and that means it's time for us to play the box office top 10 game. This is the game where I am going to describe the top 10 movies of the week of February 16th, 2018. And the fellas here are going to try to guess what that movie is. You ready to guess some stuff, guys? Walk on for guessing stuff. (laughs) Guessing stuff is what we're here for um okay coming in at number 10 that week a cover-up spanning four u.s presidents pushes the country's first female newspaper publisher and her editor to join an unprecedented battle between press and government this stars uh meryl (laughs) streep and tom hanks directed by steven spielberg Oh, wow. Fuck. I have Just no idea. It's, uh, it's Is it the name of a newspaper? Is it The Post? It's The Post. It's exactly five, The right? Post. Yeah, <laughs> The Post. Um, that's the movie that um, Steven Spielberg made while he was um, um, waiting for them to... F- so, so he made Ready Player One. 
he shot it, and then he had to wait for them to finish the CGI, and he got bored. And while he was waiting for them to do the CGI, he called Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep and said, let's make the post while I'm waiting for post-production on Ready Player One. Wow. Yeah, that man's... Yeah. <laughs> he, he's gotten good at making movies. Like, he can just do it when yeah. he's bored. <laughs> um... <laughs> At number nine, um, oh, this. Um, ensconced in her sprawling mansion, an eccentric heiress believes she is haunted by the souls of people killed by her uh, progenitor's invention. Mm-hmm. This, this ensconced in Wisconsin. <laughs> ensconced in her mansion. Ensconced in Wisconsin, is, it was, I think, is wasn't that the name of a? Uh, this is a, this is a bad week for me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it stars Helen Mirren. Um, is this the Nazi gold one? No, this is um, it's it's based on a true story, um, and it's 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 a famous place. You can actually go visit it. It's in San Jose. It's called Win- Winchester. So the Winchester um, uh, mansion is this crazy, crazy place where um, because she so she thought the ghosts of everybody that died from Winchester firearms were haunting her. So she kept having um, contractors build and build this mansion out so that there's like um, like hallways that lead to nowhere and doors that open up on like drops from like the third floor. Like, it's a crazy, crazy, like, funhouse mansion. And she did all of this so that the ghosts wouldn't be able to find her. Huh. She should have called the Ghostbusters, man. They'll take care of that. <laughs> they will. <laughs> also, don't, she should call the gas don't company. Don't ghosts walk through walls? Yeah. Well, don't, not her ghosts, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, she probably should have had a carbon monoxide detector is what she really needed. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, that is number nine. At number eight. <laughs> oh God. All right. Um. Young hero Thomas embarks on a mission to co- find a cure for a deadly disease known as the flare. I didn't change a single word of that, by the way. <laughs> um, is this runner? like yeah? Off the space too. Oh. Maze? Yeah, Jeremy, familiar with Maze Runner? Which one though? Uh, three, two, I don't eight. Know. It doesn't have the number. It's called the Death Cure. The Death Cure? The, cool. Why didn't they call it Immortality or something? Yeah. The death Cure. Maze Runner. Nah, the, gee, see, you're mis you're misinterpreting. Death is the cure. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. One of those forever sleeps. Uh, like a forever purge. Oh. That always reminds me. It's like it's like it's like oh he went to Jared to get his purge. It's a forever purge. Um. Anyways, uh, at number seven for the week of February sixteenth. Oh, set at the dawn of time when prehistoric creatures and woolly mammoths uh, roamed the earth. This movie tells the story of Doug along with sidekick Hognob 
as they unite his tribe against a mighty enemy, Lord Nuth, and his Bronze Age city to save their home. Is this? Oh, it is a I'm going to guess the Croods. No, it's not the Croods. It's made by the Wallace Gromit guy. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I forgot this existed. Yeah, I never saw this. It's called Early Man. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Do uh, you have a name on who the the voice was? I forget. It was somebody famous. Oh, who uh, the of the lead? It was. Yeah. Let's see. I will be able to tell you. It was by the guy that brought your chicken run. Um. Nah, <laughs> uh, it does not tell me here. I would have to IMDb it. I think wasn't it like Michael Cera or something like that? Yeah, I, early man. I'm. I don't know. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Oh, Eddie Redmayne. Oh, okay. That's who it is. And Tom Hiddleston were in. Oh, this. interesting. Yeah. Huh. So it was Maisie Williams. That's interesting. Hmm. Anyways. Um. At number. Very num- British. Yeah. Very British. At number six. This movie celebrates the birth of show business and tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. The greatest showman. Yeah, that's, I mean, they they really glossed over a lot of stuff that P.T. Barnum did. Like, a lot. I remember a friend asked me if I wanted to go see that or this, and I laughed in their face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. Um, at number five... Three courageous young Americans prevent a terrorist attack on a train. Is that that Clint Eastwood one? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh. This is based on a true story, the too. Name. It is based on a true story. Yeah. It's like kind of named after the train route. Uh, not the train Speed to Busan. Keanu's not in this one. <laughs> It's the fifteen seventeen to Paris. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's my reaction. Also, uh, number four this week. Four teenagers are sucked into a magical video game, and the only way they can escape is to work together to finish the game. Uh, oh, gaunt- this is not what. Not. Not Jumanji, Jumanji. the video. Oh, it is Jumanji. It's It's a game. Yeah, it's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan. This was way better than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah, legitimately. (laughs) All the Jumanji, like the Jumanji sequels really didn't need to be as good as they were. Yeah, they were surprisingly funny from beginning to end. Yeah. Um... At number three this week, Anastasia and Christian get married, but Jack continues to threaten their relationship. <laughs> oh, Jack. This is a the third in a series of movies, a trilogy, based on a popular book series hmm. that... Um, uh, Fifty Shades Freed. Yes! Yes. How? 
<laughs> I just I just remember the gal's name was Anastasia. That's oh, the only God. reason why. <laughs> okay. And there was no mention of Rasputin, so I figured I'd try it. <laughs> I, and the, the only reason I remember the Fifty Shades Freed is because the uh, the pitch meeting about this is like Fifty oh. Shades Freed. It's yeah. Like, what? what? Why? Is, what does that why even freed? mean? What does yeah. that even mean? Not why not Fifty Shades of Red? Yeah. Yeah, it's like something like. Yeah, Fifty Shades, and but a bitch ain't one. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Or or a billionaire. I think I might watch one. that movie. Yeah, Fifty Shades, <laughs> but a billionaire ain't one. <laughs> there you go. Where she becomes. I'm the, watching the any. I'm watching any of these that aren't the normal one. <laughs> I'm, I've heard it for any of your alternatives. I've heard it is by far the worst of the three. So if we were to do series of movies, throw, we got to do all three of these. Oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's on the list. There's three of them, so it would be crazy because they're 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 based on Twilight fanfic. Like what? Yeah. All right. Bondage Twilight fanfic. Yeah. Which which you know I'm I'm into it, but at the same time, like. What? Yeah, that no, that it's that series is wild. It's wild because in Twilight is such like a purity culture like nonsense. Just it's a mess. It's just so bad. And the fact that someone made a franchise that is arguably just as big if not bigger using <laughs> that as its template. Yeah. It, it's hilarious to me. I love it. Yeah, it's insane. It's truly insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> at some point, I I have to feel like we're gonna get through. It's only three movies. I mean, <laughs> anyways, at number two this week, a rebellious rabbit tries to sneak into a farmer's vegetable garden. <laughs> Rebe- Little bunny foo foo. <laughs> rebellious. Uh, Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit, yeah. It's uh, an adaptation of the the book. And at number one this week, shocking us all, T'Challa, heir to the hidden but advanced kingdom of Wakanda, must step forward to lead his people into a new future and must confront a challenger from his country's past. Okay, so if we didn't know anything about comic book movies... Uh, that description would be just as absurd as a lot of these movies with all the names in them. You know what? That's true. That's true, and that's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, yeah, like hearing that, I'm like, I, I don't know if I'd see that if I didn't know it was attached to a Marvel thing. Yeah, if I was like all these movies where it's like Brad and Jessica are sent on a mission to collect a MacGuffin from <laughs> Trevor. Well, You're yeah. Like, what? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> There's someone out there who, when I read that thing about Anastasia, was like, yeah, because Jack's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and we're there for you, people that are very familiar with the Fifty Shades movies. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay. We'll 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 be there that with you. Puppet matter. Yeah. Uh so all right, that is our box office top ten, which brings us to the character and comic book background. Mr. Al Weber, are there characters we have not previously met? in uh, these movies. I know we have talked about uh, both T'Challa and Claw. Did we talk about them at length? I thought I... Did we skip T'Challa in in Civil War? We did, because this movie was coming up so soon. Um, 
uh, yeah, I went so far as to forget to write down T'Challa's name when we saw Civil War. Gotcha. I was like, that was all. I was like, wait, Black Panther. <laughs> you idiot. It's like, oh, yeah. Anyway, okay, so Black Panther T'Challa. Created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, first appeared in Fantastic Four number 52, July of 1966. Black Panther is the first superhero of African descent in mainstream American comic books, uh, predating uh, the Falcon and Luke Cage, Mm. uh, Blade. Those were the the next big three, I think. Well, and you know, at least, at least he has a less ridiculous origin story than the Falcon because the Falcon's uh, comic uh, origin uh, is insane. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Um, the creation of Black Panther would predate the formation of the Black Panther group, political group, uh, party. party, Black Panther party, uh, which, Came out in which came, was came released. Out, it was released, <laughs> created by o- Stanley and Jack Kirby, in October 19- of 1966. Yeah. Um, Interesting. The creators uh, swore there were no ties, intended or otherwise. Yeah, and that that actually will play into our story of the production of this a little bit when we get there. Cool. Uh, T'Challa is the king and protector of the fictional African nation of Wakanda. Following his debut story in Fantastic Four, uh, Black Panther would make guest appearances in the Fantastic Four some more with Captain America in a couple of stories. Then he journeyed from Wakanda to New York City to join the Avengers in May of 1968. Black Panther received his first starring feature in Jungle Action Number 5, July of 1973. Um, That issue number five was actually... (laughs) a reprint of one of the uh, Panther-centric Avengers stories. Jungle action. Yeah, jungle, jungle action. They had jungle to. Action. They couldn't help it. <laughs> Look, hey, I give them props for giving us a black superhero. <laughs> I mean, it was it was the action. 60s and 70s. I, 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 that's about as good as it was going to get. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, hey, it's not like jungle, jungle Fever number five or something. Like... Hey, the, hey, 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 don't knock it. That's one of my bookmarked ones on Pornhub. <laughs> um, the 13-issue story arc that ran in Jungle Action, numbers 6 through 18, titled Panther's Revenge, I'm sorry, Panther's Rage, not Revenge, Panther's Rage, uh, is considered by some as Marvel's first graphic novel detailing the nation of Wakanda ravaged by revolution against its king, T'Challa. So was it released as like a, a, a single issue instead of spread out as uh, no, it, like it a was, serialized comic? It was spread out, but the tightness of the story, um, they just considered um, ah. that it would, unlike a lot of comic books, which kind of month by month, they, they figure it out, it felt like it was like planned out all 13 issues, like mm. 200, cool. page, 200 pages of continuous story. Um, the title Black Panther is a rank of office chieftain of the Wakandan Panther clan 
As Chieftain, Black Panther is entitled to consume a special heart-shaped herb, giving him a mystical connection to the Wakandan Panther God Bast, and granting him superhumanly acute senses, enhanced strength, speed, agility, and healing. That's what I found it interesting that the the different tribes um, I noticed in this movie their their um, whatever animal is their totem um, came from entirely different cultures than than Sub-Saharan yeah. Africa. Like Bast is Egyptian, Hanuman is Indian. Hmm. Well, and I have a feeling that their interpretation of that was that this is where those cultural origins mm. began, and they, they were spread exports out. from Wakanda. That makes um, sense. Civilize, civilization started in Wakanda, was how I read into mm-hmm. the mythology of, of this movie. Let's see. Black Panther has the power to draw upon the knowledge, strength, and experience of every previous Black Panther. T'Challa is an expert martial artist, tactician, and strategist. He is also a genius-level intellect. Um, <laughs> holding a PhD in physics from Oxford University. As king, T'Challa has access to all of the financial and technological resources of Wakanda. In the distant past, a vast meteorite made of the vibration-absorbing mineral vibranium crashed in Wakanda. The kings of the past concealed Wakanda from the outside world to avoid exploitation by outsiders for this valuable resource. Um, Black Panther's attire is the sacred vibranium costume of the Wakandan Panther cult. Um... So I have a question about the meteor. Uh, I don't know if you've got any other background on the meteor, but it its composition of vibranium, Al, you're mm. a scientist. Um, if it absorbs vibration and it connects with the Earth, would it not create a giant shockwave as a result? And would all that energy from the, the impact be collected in the vibranium itself, ready to be used at any moment? Um, did it absorb the shockwave? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and, right. and is that is that energy there? You you have a degree in in vibraniology, don't you, Al? Right. Uh, yes. Uh, well, it was uh, my minor was in uh, fictional physics. Ah. <laughs> uh, let's. So see. Does this mean you can explain to us how lightsabers work? Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally. What's uh, what's stronger, vibranium or adamantium? I think we've had this discussion on air before. Uh, remember, adamantium is a an alloy of vibranium and steel. All right, so vibranium is, would yeah. be the stronger one. Yeah. Unless an alloy would make it. No. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they have to, like, take... So, don't ask me why I know this, but I read way too many Wolverine comics <laughs> as, as a kid. They take steel and vibranium, and they get something they call carbonadium out of that then they use some sort of special marvel magic irradiation that turns it into adamantium from there Hmm. interesting science let's let's see uh in 1998 in black panther volume 3 his equipment was expanded to include items such as an energy dagger a vibranium weave suit and a the portable supercomputer known as a kimoyo card Hmm. Uh, in, huh. in the movie, they're the beads. That's really cool that the Kamoyu bead originated in the comics as something different. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
2005, Volume 4 saw the introduction of specialized suits like the thrice-blessed armor and light armor. And Black Panther was briefly equipped with the Ebony Sword of the Black Knight. Um, 2016, Volume 6, uh, that creative team introduced a new suit that allows Black Panther to absorb kinetic energy and redistribute it as energy bursts. Was that the Tana Hisi Coates run? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Um, some have also considered Black Panther to be Marvel's Batman. Um, with the wealth, um, he's not so much hiding, but I think it's like he's rich. He makes a bunch of, he's an inventor. He invents a lot of stuff, uh, weapons and, and whatnot. Um, so that's where they get that. Moving on to Eric Killmonger. Created by Don McGregor and Rich Buckler, first appeared in Jungle Action Number 6 in the acclaimed Panther's Rage storyline. That's the one we talked about before. Um, Killmonger is a skilled hunter and mercenary born in Wakanda who holds a grudge against the country after his parents were killed when he was young. Um, they weren't killed by Wakandans. Uh, he was born with the name Najdaku, Najdaka. Apologies. Um, his parents were killed by raiders uh, led by Mademwe, a traitorous Wakandan citizen who sold out secrets of his home nation to Ulysses Clow. Huh. Uh, Mademwe took the boy and raised him abroad, giving him a new identity, exploiting his gifted intellect for profiteering. The youth grew tired of his life of servitude, murdered his surrogate father, changed his name to Eric Killmonger, and went to study at MIT. Still <laughs> desperate, still desperate to avenge his parents. <laughs> I imagine that the, the admissions board to MIT being like, so you changed your name legally to Killmonger. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah, anything we should be worried How do you about. I like them apples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Killmonger would return to Wakanda after T'Challa became king and brought the hidden country to the attention of the outside world. Killmonger returned as a revolutionary and terrorist, repeatedly challenging T'Challa for control of Wakanda. T'Challa's like, this guy again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ulysses Claw. I keep saying Claw. They say Claw, um, but it reads to me like Claw. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's pronounced Claw because of you know he's got the arm thing. Um, first appeared in Fantastic Four number fifty-three, August of nineteen sixty-six. That was uh, in the second part of Black Panther's first storyline. Uh, son of a Nazi war criminal sent by Adolf Hitler to Wakanda to learn its secrets. Um, Marvel really loved to make everybody's villain a Nazi. Everybody was a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Moon Knight, Captain America, everyone. Uh, Ulysses was raised in Belgium with tales from Wakanda uh, told by his father. Uh, Nazi dad anglicized their name to Claw, K-L-A-W. Uh, Ulysses later became a physicist specializing in applied sonics. 
working on a sonic transducer that converts sound waves into physical mass, Claw goes to Wakanda to steal vibranium to power his device. Claw comes into conflict with T'Chaka and murders him. He's attacked by young T'Challa and escapes at the cost of his right hand. Um, I didn't see any details. I can only assume it was hacked off with a sword. Uh, Claw resurfaces years later with a prosthetic right hand that is a sonic emitter gun that can create any object or creature as a solid sound construct. He has, oh they didn't my do that. God. Yeah. yeah, that's the most Marvel sentence ever. A solid sound. What is what? What is the, what was the word? Construct. Construct. Sound that is so intense that it becomes a solid mass that you can see and interact with. <laughs> Claw has built another device that can that turns him into a being made only of sound, making him immortal in the process. <laughs> Oh, Marvel. Every time I think Star Wars has the most ridiculous world building around Marvel, one ups it. Yeah, Marvel is nuts sometimes. One Uh, one name, Squirrel Girl. That's all you need. (laughs) Uh, Claw is also a genius level intellect and was one of the masters of evil. (laughs) And a decent rapper. Surprisingly. Apparently, yeah. 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 Dude has bars. <laughs> okay. Uh, there were a lot more. I'm going to run through them really fast. Uh, there were four that first appeared in uh, Black Panther Volume 3, starting in 1998. Um, Na- Nakia. Um, she was actually one of the Dora Milaje, um, meaning the adored ones. Um, and uh, they are, apart from being bodyguards, they are also wives in training. Wives in training? Yep. Oh, 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 um, no. I'm glad we dropped that aspect of them in this movie. Yeah. Marvel's and like, that Nakia was not a Dora, which Mar- is great. Yeah, Marvel's like, here's your representation, but also sexism. Uh, Nakia took the title too seriously and became obsessed with T'Challa later she would become a supervillain receiving enhanced abilities and senses with help from Killmonger who named her Malice Um, she was the second villain to be named Malice I don't have details on the first one Uh, then we with Pusha T what? (laughs) one was in clips with Pusha T (laughs) Um, next, we had Okoye. Uh, also, um, she was the general of the Dora Milaje. Um, she, when she was told that T'Challa had no interest in, in them as wives, um, she was okay with it and dedicated herself to being bodyguard um, and the general of the bodyguards. Zuri, who fought along alongside T'Chaka, who as his as his final act, T'Chaka asked Zuri to watch over his son, and it's assumed that Zuri began training T'Challa at a young age. And Everett K. Ross, U.S. State Department employee. 
first introduced in Kazar number 17, September of 98, following month uh, would go on to become a major character in Black Panther. Uh, according to creator Christopher Priest, Ross's personality was based on that of Chandler Bing of Friends. Oh my. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Could, could well, Wakanda. I'm glad that didn't. I'm. I'm glad that didn't translate to this. <laughs> what, if, what if they had, instead of casting Martin Freeman, actually just cast Matthew Perry? <laughs> it's like, could Wakanda be any more technically advanced? <laughs> um, Shuri, uh, she was introduced in Black Panther in May of 2005 to genius-level intellect little sister. Eventually would herself become the Black Panther. Um, there's, there's a lot of rumors about the second one that she may put on the suit. Yeah. Don't hold your breath for that. That's, uh, she's, she's probably not coming back for another one. Well, there were some issues, right? In the production. Oh yeah. So I love Letitia Wright. She's a great actress. She's into some, uh, Alternative medical ideas and things like <laughs> Jeremy that. Jeremy is being, very strong opinions. Jeremy is like being so politically, like so. <laughs> how to phrase this? Yeah. Um, Look, she was popping off crazy anti-vax stuff on the Marvel set, and the mouse was not about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not just that. A bunch of uh, anti-trans stuff. Oh too. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Really questionable. She she's raised fundy, stayed fundy somehow, like, being an actor. So so anti-vax turf kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's a strange intersection there. Yeah. Um, we've got Wakabi. Um, he was a uh, leader of the the border tribe. Um, didn't see a lot of information on him. Um, but he and Mobaku. Uh, the man ape, aka the white gorilla. Um, they both first appeared in Avengers number 62, March of 1969. Uh, Mabaku, man ape, uh, was also one of the masters of evil. Uh, Ramonda was T'Chaka's second wife, stepmother to T'Challa. First appeared in Marvel Comics Presents number 14 in March of 1989. And finally, T'Chaka, T'Challa's father, going all the way back to Fantastic Four number 53 in July of 1966. That's all I know about that. All right. Thank you, Al, for uh, that background there. That brings us to the production of the film itself. Um... So, this movie was first put into development in June 1992. Uh, Wesley, Wesley Snipes um, spearheaded it. He announced uh, publicly that he intended to make a Black Panther movie with him uh, as Black Panther. Um, he That was uh, just before Blade, right? Or 92? Oh, that was a solid, what, six years before Blade? Okay. Yeah, I just I remember talking about this uh, when when Blade came around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We mentioned it then. So yeah, um, 
he uh yeah he intended to play black panther um he uh he was gonna make it right after demolition man um he started um he he went into talks with stan lee um and he started talking to directors uh, including mario van peoples and john singleton um let's see so he it it kind of just stayed in development for like five years um five six years and then in the late 90s after he became blade um uh marvel comics uh put a couple of their writers uh casada let's see uh joe casada and jimmy palmiotti um, to writing a script with the idea that Snipes would produce but not star in the movie since they thought it would be confusing to have him be both Blade and Black Panther. Hmm. Um, this would have been the time to have Denzel play this role, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so I know one of the one of the fan castings in this movie was when they did the whole like Marvel in the 90s thing was uh, Denzel as Killmonger. Ooh. That would With have been Wesley interesting. Snipes still playing Black Panther. That would have been really interesting. Um, Denzel doesn't get to play villains enough, and he... the one time he really played a villain, he won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yep. So yeah, um, yeah. That whew. yeah. That I mean, that's at this point, I think probably his most remembered role. Like, is there a yeah. movie that he's more remembered for at this point? Like a single movie. Um. But yeah, I mean, maybe Malcolm X. Yeah, I was just say Malcolm oh, X. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah, that being the one that like really put him on the map in the first place. Um, so, all right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> in the in the early two thousands, uh, um, a draft was worked on by David S. Goyer. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't let him meet Black Panther. Did anybody even ask him? Or was he no. just like, I don't know. I've been he I've just, been doing this for a long time. I, I figured it was time. I just, just showed made up, a Black Panther just showed movie. up on Marvel's doorstep. Like, by the way, here's a treatment. I, yeah. I wrote a script. Here you go. We start filming in three days. And Marvel's like, what? What? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, when, uh, when Marvel Studios... Um, did their big thing and they got their financing from uh um i can't remember whatever the bank was that basically bought <laughs> put all that money into them um they uh put black panther on their original slate of 10 um in 2005 and uh basically it just stayed in development for like 5 years at that point um five no Do nine. we know what else was on that on that original slate uh, I'd have to look it up. It was, I mean, it was Iron Man, it was Thor, Captain America, Black Panther, Ant-Man, um, Captain Marvel. Uh, there was, there's a maybe few that... Maybe Hawkeye. Maybe. There was a few that never got made. Um, Hulk was on there. Um, um, th- there's a few that never got made, but I can't remember what they were. Um, yeah, so, uh, in... Let's see. After, so they they basically just kept it kind of on the back burner throughout the phase one and phase two. Um, they considered including Wakanda in Iron Man two, 
but they decided to to wait on it. In 2014, uh, they uh, announced the release date of November 3rd, 2017. I would point out it only got pushed back a week and a half <laughs> so, in those three years, which that's impressive, honestly. Um, Chad McBoseman was cast in October 2014. Um, he was in Civil War. And then in 2015, they were still, it was still in development. They still didn't have a full script. Um, they, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it got pushed back a year. I'm sorry, a year and a week. Uh, 2018. No, no, February, February 2018. Sorry. Yeah, so three or four months. Three or four months, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Three or four months it got pushed back. Um, so, but, um, yeah, um, they brought in, uh, at this point, they started interviewing uh, different directors, um, including uh, Ava DuVernay. Um, yeah, she would have been interesting. Um, and, uh, of course, Ryan Coogler. And eventually, um, they brought Ryan Coogler on. Um, Ryan Coogler, um, of course at that point was probably best known just for Creed. Um, he was coming off Creed, which was, you know, um, a pretty, pretty big hit. Um, it was, a uh, is, is part of, uh, something we might cover someday because it is part of the Rocky series. Um, well, he made that in Fruitvale station before Fruitvale right? station was his uh-huh. big screen debut. Um, so far, every movie he's directed, um, has uh um had uh uh uh, uh oh freaking uh what's his face Michael B Jordan in it Fruit, he was in Fruitvale oh, yeah. Station he was in Creed and he was in Black yeah. Panther those are the only three movies Ryan Coogler has directed so far and he'll probably be in Black Panther too there's yeah 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 even if it's just as a ghost or a spirit yeah and I'm imagining in at least in the spirit plane, he'll show up. Yeah. Because he was a black... He did eat the heart-shaped herb. He is part of, you know, the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they also brought... Ryan Coogler has a script credit. Um, he began writing along with Joe Robert Cole. Joe Robert Cole, this... Um, was made a movie called Amber Lake, which is not anything anyone really knows about. Um, but he was coming off of the people versus OJ Simpson when, uh, when he got hired for this. So he was a a co-producer and a writer on the people versus OJ Simpson when he got brought into black Panther. Um, he's, uh, currently working on black Panther two in between. He made, uh, wrote and directed a movie called all day and all night, which I've never heard of or never seen. Um, but it looks interesting. Um, stars Jeffrey Wright and Regina Taylor. Um, our cast. We did talk about Chadwick Boseman in our Civil War episode. Um, Chadwick Boseman, of course, obviously will not be in Black Panther 2, um, as he did pass away from cancer in 2020. Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan, we did talk about uh, <laughs> on Chronicle. Of all movies. And Fant Four Stick. Oh, that's right. Oh, he was yeah. in Fant Four Stick also. 
Yeah, he was. Um, Lupita Nyong'o as uh, Nakia. She's has, she hasn't been in anything we've talked about before, has she? Just as Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh, that's yeah. right. We talked about Mark her. Kanata. That was only in our um, on our Patreon. If you'd like to hear us do the Star Wars, uh, all. 11 Star Wars movies that is on our, the Patreon. Um, but yeah, she was Maz Kanata, <laughs> which was, I think that might have been when I first heard about her. When I, like, where I first became aware of her was for episode seven. And she's so much younger than I thought she was based on Maz Kanata. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah. That was kind of her big breakout role. Twelve Years a Slave, I guess. Well, actually, she, I say she's years got a slave. statue. Years. Yeah, she, didn't yeah. she get a statue for Twelve Years? Yeah, Twelve slave? Years a Slave. That was her breakout role. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. did get a statue. She's for that incredible. One. She is one of the most charismatic actors to ever act. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yes, um, she, uh, yeah, she she was in all three. <laughs> Of the Star Wars sequels, technically, in all three of them. I mean, yeah, doing something. Yeah. Get paid. Yeah. yeah. She got paid. She did great, but also, what the hell was that character even? Get paid, black woman, get paid. Get that it, money. It was, yeah. it was one of J.J. Abrams' little mystery boxes, which both Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams himself decided to do nothing with. I'm sorry. If you want to hear me rant about the Star Wars sequels, that's on the Patreon. Join us on our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, join us on our Patreon. Um, or 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 just come to my house. As as my my child will tell you, I spend way way too much time ranting about all three of the Star Wars trilogies. Honestly, if you stand outside of Thoreau's house on pretty much any given evening, you'll just hear. You know what? The worst thing to happen to Star Wars is... Oh, no, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't have time. Don't bring that up. <laughs> because yeah, I no, can't he just, help myself. <laughs> he just, you can hear him mumbling under his breath. Somehow, Palpatine returned. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> well, Fortnite told us, so... Fortnite that's explained okay. it. Fortnite explained how Palpatine returned. Yeah. Yeah, you'll just remember mumbling somehow Palpatine returned, died of sadness. <laughs> I think Palpatine died of sadness ultimately in episode nine. Yeah. He he died because he's like, you brought me back for this. Uh, so yeah, Lapita Nyongo. Um, I would I would be I would be loath to uh, not mention us, which uh she was great in. Um, oh man, mm-hmm. yeah, incredible, incredible performance. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, ooh, next up, we got um, Daniel Daniel Guerrera as Okoye. Denai, Denai Guerrera. Yeah, I was like, Denai. I was like, who's Daniel? <laughs> yeah, Denai Guerrera. The eye well, looks like an L. There is a Daniel. Yeah, yeah. There is. Yes. Yeah, we got one coming up. But um, uh, yeah, she's. I'm just I'm looking at her picture. <laughs> I I always forget what she looks like with hair. Um like Michonne. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she uh let's see her, her first um yeah, she famously Michonne from The Walking Dead. Um she's uh which was probably the best 
character introduced in season two, I'd say. Oh, um, yeah, she's one of the better parts of the whole show. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Uh, sh- oh, God. Let's see. She got her start her first. Uh, she did a bunch of TV in the early days. She was on Law and Order a bunch. <laughs> Life on Mars. I mean, she's an actor. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's an actor. She's been on Law and Order. <laughs> and honestly, if you IMDb all of us, I'm sure we've all got. Yeah, we've all been a dead body in a trash can at some point. Yeah, (laughs) I accidentally was on Law and Order this morning. I didn't even leave my house. (laughs) Two kids found me by a creek. I was just asleep. Turns out it was Law and Order. Yeah, Um, see a dead body. (laughs) Yeah. Um. What? Yeah. For some reason, um, Richard Belzer walked up to me while I was working on a dock, moving crates from a (laughs) from a boat to a truck. And I didn't stop working. Even though he was talking to me about police business, because I was busy. Um, anyways, I got a lot of fish to unload, man. Can can this wait? No. <laughs> Denai Guerrera. Um, her most famous role, of course, was as Fury and Tinkerbell in The Legend of the Never Beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, she was in the um, she was in the Tupac movie. All eyes on me. Um, I forgot about that. Um, we'll see her again in Avengers and uh, Black Panther 2. Um, uh, Martin Freeman as Everett K. Ross. We did talk about him previously in uh, Civil War. Um, Daniel Kaluuya as Wakabi. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. This, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about this right role, but Daniel time. Kaluuya. I think you were right the first time. It's, it's yeah. Kaluuya. No, the, no, no, it wasn't even the name. I was just thinking about Kalua. like, yeah, I was just thinking about um, um, Wakabi and his, the, this fucking character. Anyways, um, in this movie, I feel like they really did yeah. him dirty. He's, but, a, he's a frustrating character in this movie. He really is. I don't know what the hell that was all about, but um, um, first place. Loki, I, I kind of wonder, uh, I was going to say, I kind of wonder if, you look at the shooting schedule of Get Out versus oh. the shooting schedule of this, if there was any overlap there, because that yeah. might explain some things. Interesting. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I didn't even think about that because, yeah, um, he was in Get Out the year prior to this, um, but they probably would have been shooting around the same time. He was in Sicario. We did actually talk about him in Kick-Ass 2 briefly. He, he, oh, that's right. He's one of the goons. He was one of the goons. He played a guy named Je- Black Death. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's well, one of motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, he was with, in with the skull on his face. Yeah. And don't forget, he was in Johnny English Reborn, which Johnny English is a series. <laughs> Loki, no. I, I love, I love him in that movie. That like, <laughs> look, I grew up in, I grew up in England, so. Like, oh. <laughs> Johnny English was a way bigger deal then to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Uh let's see. Um uh, yeah. Um oh wow. Oh, he was the blo- voice of Bluebell in the Watership Down miniseries. <laughs> that He also had a really great episode of Black Mirror. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, that was That's where I saw the him first. the 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 merits. One right, Ten billion talent merit, yeah, yeah, 50, oh god, yeah, that was a good episode. Um, so, uh, Letitia Wright as Shuri, <laughs> we did briefly talk about her, but her screen credits, 
Um, also include my brother, the devil in 2012. Um, she was in ready player one. Uh, we did see her briefly in end game. Uh, sing Two. She voices Nushi, which I'll take your word for it. Oh, she was in death on the Nile. I didn't even realize that. Um, Oh, she plays the title role in the upcoming Aisha. Is that the story of, uh, of another bad creation? (laughs) Um, anyways. Or like Muhammad's wife? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, she also was on a very fantastic British show with a lot of British black actors and actresses who like funnel into everything else. Top boy. Um, uh, just about drug dealing and stuff like that. She got her start. Um, uh, one of her first roles was on there. Oh, hmm. um, oh she was also, but in a that black. shows like funneled tons of black actors and actresses into Hollywood. Mm. Um, she was also uh, she she was also in an episode of Doctor Who, um, as was uh, Daniel. Has it been? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Daniel was actually he was in one of the Christmas specials. Um, so he was in one I actually would have seen. Um, I kind of checked out somewhere around uh, Peter um, uh, Capaldi's first season. Capaldi. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, Winston Duke as Mbaku. Uh, Winston Duke. Uh, let's see. I mean, this is probably he was in us also. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, this is his first film, uh, credit prior to this. He was in law and order and person of interest and the messengers major, like, yeah, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of TV. Oh, he did three episodes of modern family. The hell was he in modern family? Um, and uh, Angela Bassett played Ramonda. Hey, hang on, real quick. Yeah. Uh, he, according to IMDb, 2021, there was a, a short oh podcast series um, where he was the voice of Bruce Wayne. Oh, it cool. was called uh, Batman Unburied. Cool. Yes, that is a horror Batman dramatized podcast. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Curious. Um, Angela Bassett, I feel like she was in something else we talked about, but I can't remember. Was she like, oh, was she in, God, what was she? I feel like she was in something. I don't know. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. That's the one. I knew we talked about her before. I mean, yeah, Angela Bassett got her groove back. She was Stella. Um, Amanda Waller. She was Amanda Waller in Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, uh, She was in Kindergarten Cop, Boys in the Hood. She was in Malcolm X. Um, along with Denzel, of course. Uh, she played Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It. Um, yeah, she's Angela Bassett. Everyone should know who she is. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is Zuri. Is this our, I know we talked about him in our um, Rogue One behind the paywall, but um, I think this is our first uh, Forrest Whitaker, first time we've talked about him on the main feed. Um, Thoreau, can I have one moment here? Yes. I need to I need to ask a question about Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Because he he seems to make some very questionable <laughs> acting decisions sometimes yes. with regard to the accents that he's choosing to do. Yes. So, <laughs> I I just I have to point out because it's gonna kill me if I don't. This man almost or er, he he was I, I know he was nominated if did not win 
an Oscar for his role as Idi Amin mm. in The Last King of Scotland. Yes. Why didn't he do that accent? Why didn't he do that accent? I don't know. <laughs> Where did the palace of the bleak painted will be scripted? Where did that come from? He didn't talk like that at the beginning of the movie, Thoreau. No. Forced, <laughs> Forced Whitaker is one of the craziest like that like his it's like nick cage energy yeah this voice yeah (laughs) he's like i can do whatever this will be exciting people will think it's interesting my dude is walking around my dude is walking around with a spear and a bottle of grape soda (laughs) (laughs) speaking unintelligibly (laughs) and all of these super smart people in wakanda is he like the rafiki of Wakanda, is that what he's supposed to be? I mean, kinda. Well, we, we, Jay and I, we watched this movie together, and we were talking about this at length during our watch through. Um, what's the what's his character in Rogue One? In Rogue One, Sagarera. 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 Yes. I, we discussed Bold for enough. a while. Was was he trying to differentiate this character from Sagarera? Yeah. I I don't know. Because I don't know what Saw Guerrero was. I don't know what he was doing. Because that was also a weird voice. But that's way less out on the fringe of like what acceptable like human oh, yeah. well, like, vocal he behavior was like just is. Raspy. He was like raspy and whispery. Yeah, he was weird. one. What's crazy? This it's like. What's crazy bonkers. is he he came back and did it, and he came back and did the Saw Guerrero for Fallen Order too. Yeah, he forced Whitaker's in Fallen Order, but at least in he is this Aguerrera character. Everything he says makes sense within the context of the things he had said before. Yes, whereas this accent, yes, is like he's he's saying vowel sounds like completely different within the same word yes. and sentence. Yeah. Like he'll say it like three different ways in one sentence. You're like, dude, why did you what? Like what? Look, it's like he walked on set. It's like he walked on set and was just like, "Let's see what I do today, guys." Yeah, uh, this this was the last movie he's made, by the way. Um, really? he, hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, this Is, was he high on mescaline? <laughs> um, because <laughs> I'll accept that. I mean, I think he's probably usually high on mescaline. <laughs> He's also uh, high on Scientology. Yeah. Oh, is he? Ah, uh, because he was in. He was. Yeah. In, well, remember he did. Uh, he did Battlefield Earth with. Yeah. Um. Uh, Travolta. Crazy Travolta. He did. Yeah. He did. I mean, I. I uh, and he. He was. He was going to church functions at one time. Uh, I don't know if he's still a Scientologist, but at one point. He's definitely in that crowd. That's he's that he's he may be that Will Smith silent brand of Scientology. Yeah. We just give them money and pretend not to be associated. Mm. He was he was in uh last year's uh Aretha Franklin biopic. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, someone needs to update uh update his uh his uh uh filmology then. Um so all right. Um all right, so uh yeah. The the first place I ever saw him was the Crying Game, which yeah. I was taken to see at much too, in the theater 
which I probably shouldn't have been. Um, <laughs> when did that come out? 92? Well, I don't know. It was 14. It was a confusing movie. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I, I remember him from that, Ghost that Dog. Might be a, yeah. Go, uh, for me, it was uh, good, great. Well, Ghost Dog was the first thing I ever saw him in because my dad let me watch it and my mom told him, told her, told him not to. Uh, and that was a whole traumatizing childhood memory. Great movie, though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, great movie. Oh, no. But yeah. Forrest. Go ahead. I was just going to say, probably Good Morning Vietnam probably would have been the first place I saw him. Actually. Oh, yeah. I would have watched that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, Ghost Dog, you were saying. Oh, just uh, Forrest Whitaker, like you said before, Nick Cage energy, because sometimes he turns out like masterclass performances, and then other times you are befuddled with what he's doing on screen. Because Ghost Dog is a great example of a fantastic, super contained type performance that in no way would indicate that he would turn out this kind of like bonkers manic performance he does in this movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's yeah yeah this 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 performance was insane absolutely insane um so um yeah moving along we've got um uh denzel whitaker not related plays um him as a young zuri um andy circus was back as uh ulysses claw um and uh, let's see. Um, additionally, John Connie and Florence uh, Kasumba reprised their roles of Chichaka and um, Ayo. Um, Atanda Connie pl- plays young Tichaka. Um, and Sterling K. Brown plays in uh, Jobu, uh, Killmonger's the dad. Young Tichaka actor, the young Tichaka actor actually is the older Tichaka actor's son. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. That's really neat. Um, Sterling K. Brown. Um, let's see. I mean, he's probably best known for This Is Us, but um, he's been he's he's way too good of an actor for that that fucking train wreck of a show. I think. Um, too good of an actor for many things. He's in. He uh, had one of the weirdest inward uses in a movie ever in Predators. Oh. Um, uh, the new Predator movie, um, uh, the one that Shane Black did, he just out of nowhere, like, just like drops like the most random stereotypical black dude line and then goes back to being normal out of nowhere in that movie. And it was <laughs> one of fuck? the weirdest reality breaking moments I've ever seen. Well, he played uh, Leo McGarry. On the West Wing, West Wing reunion, uh, mm. reunion for the like raising money for the election. Um, who Leo McGarry was an old white man, um, but to have Sterling K. Brown step in and play this role in a way that recontextualized the character to be even better, I think it was incredible. That's I will always think of him doing that whenever I see him now because it was yeah. so surprising how how much he stood out as his own character. Mm. I do hope. I do hope we get to see him again in Black Panther too. Oh, that yeah. would be cool. Yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the shining moments in this movie. That was like oh, the emotional connection yeah. at, at the halfway point. It was just like, yeah, oh, so good. So, well, that about uh, rounds out our production. You guys ready to get into the movie? 
Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, here we go. This is Black Panther. We open on a voiceover explaining the origin of Wakanda. Thousands of years ago, um, a meteorite containing the metal vibranium crashed into Wakanda. Um, There was a a war um, between five African tribes over it. Uh, One warrior ingested a heart-shaped herb um, affected by the metal and gained superhuman abilities, becoming the first Black Panther. He united all but the Jabari tribe to form the nation of Wakanda. Over centuries, the the Wakandans used the vibranium to develop advanced technology and isolate themselves from the world by posing as a third-world country. So I, I already have a question. Did the Panther tribe rule Wakanda from the beginning? Or have we had instances where the border tribe or the, I forget what the other, the mining tribe or someone has defeated a Panther tribe member in combat to become the the black miner or the black border or the black rhino? The black or rhino they also or the... Be the, black, the black Panther. Like I, I'm confused about the... The I, tribal aspect. Yeah, I uh, imagine they'd be the black rhino or the black gorilla monkey. I don't know. Hanuman's a monkey. He's not a gorilla. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I I do appreciate that I it's not it's a assumed, monolithic culture. But yeah, I think it is assumed that whoever is in charge, even if they're not of the Panther tribe, they become of the Panther tribe mm. because the Panther tribe is the tribe that is the like monarchical tribe. Because the thing is, as anti-colonial and sort of nuanced as the Wakandans are, it's still a monarchy. Yeah, yeah, they are still a monarchy. Well, and honestly, yeah, they're they are still technically ruling over. Um, uh, um, marginalized ethnic groups within their own country <laughs> um with the uh you know the other tribes uh, uh, specifically the uh the uh what was it the mbaku um anyways uh, jabari yeah thank you jabari jabari um and also like the the border tribe um they to keep up appearances they don't live in the city they live on the border, yeah, uh, visible to the world. So they have to keep up appearances that they're a third world country. Yeah, so they can't really. I don't know. They if they have technology in their homes, they have to keep it hidden mm-hmm. or something in case anthropologists come by. What Wakabi did have the uh, the wrist communicator thing. True. Yeah. 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 I think they just. I think they just do a really good job at hiding. Yeah, have all their tech. They the, know when National Geographic is coming by. Right. Yeah. yeah they, they're considered a third world African country. So, I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot of people coming there for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Unless you're coming there for claw reasons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we cut to Oakland, 1992. Um, I see some kids playing basketball while in an apartment above. Two men are planning some sort of heist. They get interrupted when King T'Chaka shows up with uh, the Dormelage. Uh, T'Chaka is the brother of one of the men, Njobu, who is working undercover in Oakland. Uh, T'Chaka accuses Njobu of assisting black market arms dealer Ulysses Claw with stealing vibranium from Wakanda. 
Njobu's partner reveals he is Zuri, another undercover Wakandan, and confirms T'Chaka's suspicions. T'Chaka tells Njobu that he will return to Wakanda to face justice for his crimes. And we cut to the Marvel logo. Um, I, I love the the slow reveal of what actually happened throughout the movie. This yeah. is a great example of of Marvel. Mm-hmm. This is this is none like Civil War, where we get the opening of the movie is the car crash kind of thing, but we don't see the end of it. We see just enough. Yeah. I thought this was a really cool use of that that same technique. It well, also is- shows how much of a template they have movie by movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the era of Marvel. This is sort of the era of Marvel where we stopped having people who were just like, of course, barring like the exception of like Favreau back in the day. But we have people who are competent directors outside of the genre taking on genre films. And I think shows a lot in the way the story is constructed and out that Dan Coogler isn't used to making superhero movies. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, mean, I think that's been the narrative. Absolutely. Here. Between Taika Waititi and Ryan Coogler, they, that those two were really the beginning, and both of those movies were kind of in production at once. Was kind of the yeah. beginning of well, that auteur taking on a Marvel film thing. Mm-hmm. I, I would say they they followed in the success of James Gunn. Oh, Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. Because James Gunn made uh, what was the Wrench movie? Yes. Super. Yeah. You know, they're like we could Slither and Super Guy can make a movie. Sure, maybe he can make a real superhero movie. Uh, Still in the genre, but not at the same production level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, we get a card that reads present day. We're reminded that T'Chaka was killed during um, the Civil War movie. This is a week later it picks up. Um, T'Challa and Okoye... Um, the leader of the Dormelage, they extract T'Challa's ex-girlfriend, Nakia, from an undercover assignment in a group of human traffickers to tell her that his dad is dead and uh, she needs to come to the coronation ceremony. I, When watching this again, um, I was curious about the, the timing. It was a week after the death of T'Chaka. Um, so everything that happened in Civil War obviously happened just before this. But um, T'Challa, T'Challa has not been crowned king, um, but he was he did have Black Panther powers. Yes. Yes. And so this is a thing. T'Challa's father at some point had to stop being Black Panther. Like he obviously aged out at some right. point. And I think okay. that the whole idea in subtext is the crown prince or crown princess becomes the black Panther as part of their stepping into leadership. Like Mm. you have to be the protector of Wakanda before you can be the monarch of Wakanda. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah, he had had our prior to civil war, he had already gone through the black Panther trials and and ceremony and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, let's see. We, uh, they return to Wakanda in the capital city, which is hidden behind an invisibility force field thingy. Uh, we meet his mother, Ramonda, and his younger sister, Shuri. Shuri is it's, a tech genius. It's cool. It looked so good. Um, you know, I had envisioned just a, a shield dome around Wakanda, which it kind of was. But 
they made it look like a, a mountain, like a mountain in the forest. It just mm-hmm. looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I also really appreciate I really appreciate how they flesh out T'Challa's relationships with the people close to him, even people who are like lower in rank than he is and things. And you see that he has like genuine friendship and camaraderie mm-hmm. with all of the people who are tight in his circle. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, like the way that he interacts with Nakia and the way that he interact with um, the Dora Milaje general lady. Okoye. Okoye. He's he's like he's very familiar in a way that you wouldn't expect a king, quote unquote, to be mm. with yeah. people. Um uh but it, it I appreciate and this is because this movie obviously a lot of cultural things here, but this is it's very much the idea of like African tribal leadership. Yeah, because when you're in a tribal sort of leadership role, it is more community and family based. Yeah. And it is like just king pomp and circumstance type things. Yeah, I I I, that actually I we forgot to mention during the production to mention the music um, in this. It was technically uh, the composer for the film was Ludwig Göransson, but he did a lot of work with a Senegalese um, musician, uh, Baba Mall. Um, and Baba Mall appears on the soundtrack a lot. Um, yeah. And Kendrick Lamar uh, curated the soundtrack uh, for all of the non-orchestral um, music um, and put out a, an album, <laughs> like a, a, a compilation album called Black Panther, which was really good. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, then we cut to London, the museum of great Britain, not the British museum, by the way. Didn't want to upset anybody at the British museum. Yeah. Um, we'll leave that for moon night. Uh, which also I'm pretty sure is the museum of great Britain, the actual British museum. You know, it's not the actual British museum, but yeah. Um, seriously, Britain, you got a lot of people's stuff, guys. You might want to look into what that means. Um, yeah, none of that belongs to you. They straight up, they straight up block people on social media. If you like comment talking about it, they'll just block you. Yeah, well, I guess they're going to be pretty mad about this podcast then. But it's, yeah, <laughs> like, like it's it's not eighteen ninety anymore. <laughs> like, give people their shit back. Yeah. Um, Someone in Britain just stopped listening. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. Um yeah. anyways. But our 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 listeners in India. Well, know it's all good. Up. They can go back to their boiled steak. <laughs> <laughs> uh boiled steak and 17 kinds of mushrooms. Um anyway. Yeah. Uh so yeah. <laughs> in London, um we meet Eric Killmonger. Uh, he's surveying some items from Africa. He poisons the museum director who's showing him the items. Um, Claw and his men, disguised as paramedics, come in. They steal a vibranium axe and make their escape. He gets a cool mask, too. The way the way his character's dialogue with the, the museum exhibits person, the way it's written is off your hands. These items aren't for sale. How did you get them? I'll take them the same way your people did. Mm-hmm. Just 
nails that that <laughs> that commentary on like this is plunder you guys none of this belongs here we watched the director's commentary Ryan Googler talking about the film and he talked about the motif they use of blue for the color of colonization and how everything with Killmonger and every scene that he's in, even down to graffiti on walls, lighting in the background, it's always blue because he is the colonized trying to become a colonizer. Yeah, huh? very interesting. What were you going to say, Al? Oh, I was saying how often does the museum director come down and personally interact with a patron of the museum? When you have a high-funded, like a a well-funded person, absolutely. Because they are there to do one thing more than anything, raise money for the museum. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. You worked at museums, didn't you, Brian? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The museum CEO doesn't really go out until it's somebody who is like a very, very, very rich benefactor or a possible benefactor. Let's see. Okoye gets a report of the heist that Clow made with the Vibranium Axe and is going to be selling it in South Korea. T'Challa wants to go on a mission to capture him. Some of his council urge him not to go, but he decides to do so anyway. Um, He's going to bring Okoye and uh, Nakia with him. Then he goes and visits Shuri. And she gives us a what are those, which I think was like out of date in 2018. (laughs) I still love it. I still love the delivery of it. I think it's hilarious every time. It was funny. Yeah, I was waiting. His, I was waiting for a damn Daniel. His uh, sandals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved the sneakers bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the reason why he's wearing those sandals too. I thought I'd go old school for my first day. Yeah. Like, it's very human of him. Yeah. Well, and also, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that Shuri likes to do dad jokes, too. With her sneakers and, yeah. Um, so, all right. Then. Um, also, this this savage just kicking her brand new suit across the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awful. Yeah. This delays. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but then she recorded the video of him yeah, and he's kicking like, it the second time for her TikTok. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, we cut to South Korea. They go into an underground casino where they find Everett Ross of the CIA. We get our Stan Lee cameo. Ross is there to capture Claw as well by setting up a fake deal to buy the axe. Claw shows up, and a firefight breaks out. Claw attempts to flee. We get our big, long action chase, um, our, our Marvel action chase. Um, Claw gets caught by T'Challa, who reluctantly releases him into Ross's custody. Um, the chase was cool. It was good, but, I mean, I don't know. Marvel, Marvel CGI car chases. At this point, I'm so desensitized to them. Yeah, it's just a Lexus ad. Mm-hmm. You know? It reminded me of Hawkeye and the Black Widow driving through, uh, what's it called? Not Latveria. Uh, Sokovia. Sokovia, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's I. Mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's a Marvel car chase. There, um, was, there was a few cool things with the suit and, and Black Panther. Him oh. pulling the tires off and Claw using the yeah. gun. Uh, when Claw uses the gun on uh, 
the car that uh, Nakia is driving, it just kind of obliterates and uh, she slides up into frame, like still in that one portion of the seat. Yeah. With the drive with the with the wheel still attached. Yeah. It was cute. Um and and the other car uh that uh, Shuri was remote driving when it got destroyed, she like falls on the ground. Yeah. Back in the lap. Yeah, which was which was, you know, that was also um she was that was uh uh uh, uh to sh- later on when Martin Freeman has to do the same thing with the drones. Mm-hmm. That was foreshadowing yeah. there. Um yeah. So um I I feel like this whole sequence, the catching uh, catching claw thing, reminds me of Dark Knight, where mm. he wants to get caught. Yeah, he wants to get caught so that he can then be broken out. Yeah, later. This is all intentional. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, it's it's. I feel like it's too bad they killed Claw because he would have been a really. I I he, Andy Circus's Claw is such a great villain. I wish he was still around. It was a surprise. It was such a surprise when it happened, though. I would have liked it if he had just taken him to Wakanda. Sure. So he's sitting in a Wakandan jail and yeah. he could be in, you know, freaking Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something. Um, so, yeah. all right. Hindsight 2020, though, in this movie really shows that because we lost Chadwick. Yeah. You know, there are so many corners mm-hmm. that we, that that Marvel is painted into because of that. Mm-hmm. And because of the, the drastic decisions they made this killing Claw, Killmonger also. Yeah, killing kill. Yeah, both of those. Um, so, uh, in custody, Claw tells Ross that Wakanda's international image is a front for a technologically advanced civilization. Uh, war- uh, Killmonger attacks and extracts Claw as Ross is gravely injured, protecting Nakia. T'Challa sees uh, Killmonger wearing his father's Wakandan ring around his neck. Um, rather than pursue Claw, T'Challa tells Ross, um, takes Ross to Wakanda, where their technology can save him. Um, well, and, and T'Challa says, I can't let a person die that I'm capable of saving. Yeah, exactly. Cause he's another characterization of him as a good King. A good, yeah. A good man. Yeah. yeah. Even though, this whereas is- his father left a kid behind after murdering his brother, you know, mm-hmm. that's oh, contrasting yeah. his, let his own nephew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it, uh, Ch- T'Challa later on when he confronts him about it is absolutely right. That was fucked up. Yeah. And regardless of whether or not he's family, it's fucked up. But yeah. this shows like how that mm-hmm. that kind of morality is not a thing that T'Challa is even capable of. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's CIA; he's an American. They're the worst. Yeah, but I can save him. Yeah, you know exactly. He's like I don't know if I would save a CIA agent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, who knows what crimes you perpetrated, dog? Right. Like, yeah. Um. So all right. Uh. Then Eric double crosses and kills Claw, planning to take his corpse to Wakanda. Meanwhile, T'Challa confronts Zuri about Njobu. Zuri explains that Njobu planned to share Wakanda's technology with people of African descent around the world to help them conquer their oppressors. As T'Chaka arrested Njobu, Njobu attacked Zuri and forced T'Chaka to kill him. T'Chaka ordered Zuri to lie that Njobu had disappeared and left behind Njobu's American son to maintain the lie. This is an interesting story point to me, revealing that Njobu tried to kill Uncle... What was his name? Uh, Zuri. Zuri. Well, well, his his American name, though. Oh. Oh. 
I can't remember what the American name was. Like fucking Brad or something. Yeah. Something very, <laughs> very American. Sean or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But Sean but, was the first thing that popped into my head. Just but now. the fact that that he turns in anger and kills another Wakandan it was very interesting, um, and it made me wonder if there if that was the like what happens being in America, mm. you know, being around this colonized nation changes that uh, in you, you know, because it seems like the violence in Wakanda is ritualized, no. you know, as a way of maintaining the the warrior. I think that. I think that you can go back to um, uh, James Baldwin's quote where he said that to be black in America is to constantly be in a state of like infuriation or to like be driven mad, essentially like Mm. the, the state of being in a place completely cut off from your roots, a person of a diaspora, and then to be subjugated within that land and abused systemically for centuries, it disenfranchises a people um, wholesale. And it does bring about a lot of those more survival instinct sort of impulses. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the the contrast of T'Challa versus um, Killmonger, like as someone who was raised in that American um, culture and under those conditions compared to someone who was raised in a culture in which they were appreciated and celebrated and were in touch with their roots is incredible in this film. Well, and leading a relatively pampered life versus the struggle of like getting yourself into the military and MIT yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's still a king, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like T'Challa, he, he lived a pretty good life. Yeah. The royal penis is clean, Your Highness. Is definitely <laughs> uh, not far from his existence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but even even the goat herding dude is in a much better situation than Killmonger. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and it also it also gives you a testament to. Killmonger is every bit as exceptional as T'Challa. Because when you think about it, this is a dude who, from the age of like 10, he he came up with a plan. He said, I need to do these things. I need to become good at these things. I need to join the military to gain these skills. I need to get my degree to do this. And from like childhood, came up with a coherent plan that he executed over like two decades to commit a coup in a country he had no idea how to get to. Those are some long-term goals. <laughs> like he had a career track. He had his five-year plan ready. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Um, so uh, Killmonger arrives in Wakanda with Claw- Claw's body. Ross wakes up and Shuri's care is wounds healed. He sees their vibranium mining facility. We learn the small plot detail that the little things can make vibranium not work, that the mine carts are go in between. Um, then T'Challa and Nakia discuss Njobu's death and T'Chaka's actions. T'Challa thinks his father made a mistake. He gets a call from Shuri about Killmonger. He goes back to her facility. Ross tells him that he was a black ops 
that Killmonger was a black ops uh, U.S. Navy SEAL who left the service and adopted the name Killmonger. <laughs> um, he's brought before the tribal <laughs> elders, revealing his identity as Njadaka, the abandoned son of Njobu. Njadaka. Njadaka. Yeah, my apologies. And he has a claim to the throne. Killmonger challenges T'Challa to ritual combat where he kills Zuri, defeats T'Challa, and hurls him over a waterfall to his presumed death. Nakia speeds Shuri and T'Challa's mother away to safety. He cuts every extremity before going to cut off T'Challa's head. Yeah. Oh, that was a beating. Yeah. That was a proper beating. Yeah, he picked him apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took. Yeah, he really did. And then picked him up over his head like a little boy. <laughs> yeah, he did. That is hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, though to be fair, um, you you got to make sure they're dead before you throw them over the waterfall. I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that comes back to bite you in the ass. Details. Yes. <laughs> Uh, um, then, uh, let's see, back at the palace, Nakia tries to convince Okoye to come away with her into hiding. Okoye insists her loyalty as Adora Milaje is to the throne. Nakia takes Ross with her, though. She's like, fine, let's take the white dude. Uh, Killmonger ingests the heart-shaped herb, visiting the astral plane. Um, he talks to his dad who expresses regret for the way things ended up. He wakes up with the powers of the Black Panther, and then he orders the rest of the heart-shaped herb to be burned, but before it is, Nakia manages to steal a flower. So the heart-shaped herb caretaker makes a huge mistake here when he asks, is this all this other heart-shaped herb? And she goes, yeah, you know, for a future king. (laughs) Yeah. Not like... Yeah, man, this is like our nation's greatest uh, strength. You think that vibranium is powerful. This stuff gives you access to the ancestral plane and to become the Black Panther. Not, yeah, for the next king. Yeah, yeah, it should have been, yeah, it it really should have been, yes, for in case something happens and you need to take it again. (laughs) Yeah, dog, this is yours to use as you please. You want to trip balls? Go see your dad again? Here you go. Come down and see me. Well, I got also you. the the dad scene, the dad scene was Ooh. really great. I love the me and Brian talked about this a little bit when we watched it, but how it keeps juxtaposing him as a boy versus mm. him as the man. Yeah, while oh. he's talking to his dad, and you can see like sort of the more he's speaking from that place of hurt and loss, he's reflected as the boy. And then the angrier he gets through the interaction, he you're seeing him more as Eric, mm-hmm. the, the man. Yeah. We, they, there's a great shot with this where they show the boy cry, cuts back to Sterling K. Brown as the father, and then back to Michael B. Jordan, tears running down yeah. his face. And I'm just like, man, what a way to cut back and forth mm-hmm. as the child and the man showing both of them weeping yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. and there's not a lot of depictions of men in film 
weeping, let alone black men in film weeping, mm-hmm. let alone the bad guy in a movie yeah. weeping. Like having they, a personal <laughs> moment. Yeah. They characterized him like it, this is like Magneto levels of like, wow, I really I I can begin to grasp mm-hmm. his motivations and and understand why he would choose to do these things. Mag- know, like Magneto I was say Thanos was right, sure, but like his motivations were uh, thin. This Thanos' like, motivations like, yeah, were like I'm into urban planning, <laughs> like yeah. But no, Magneto and Killmonger are probably the two um, uh, uh, villains that have the most relatable motivations of any. Yeah. Um. So all right. Um. Let's see. Killmonger is crowned king. He takes the throne, telling the council that they have spies embedded in every nation of the world. They're going to activate them, taking over every country on Earth, establishing a worldwide Wakandan empire. Um, Meanwhile, Nakia... The sun will never set on Wakanda. Yeah. So, I mean, which is, of course, that's that's what makes him the villain instead of a anti-hero or a misunderstood hero is the fact that he wants to become the colonizer. Right. Because uh-huh. taken from the sun never sets on the British Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 the well, you're taking it a little far. Like Magneto. Like <laughs> the League of Evil Mutants, Magneto. You're kind of giving it away there. <laughs> It's it should have been the, isn't of, it? the League of Disenfranchised Mutants. Yeah, you, you know? might want to rethink your branding. The SEO is not good on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, sorry, Na- it was a brotherhood, not a league. I'm sorry, the brotherhood, yes. Nakia, Shuri, Ramonda, and Ross flee the, to the Jabari tribe for aid, intending to give the herb to M'Baku. They find a comatose T'Challa, rescued by the Jabari in repayment for sparing M'Baku's life. They give the herb to T'Challa, and in the spiritual plane, T'Chaka and he speak of their failings. T'Challa swears that if he regains power, he will open up Wakanda to the world. He wakes up, and they plan to stop Killmonger from his uh, taking over the world thing. Shuri was able to keep T'Challa's nano suit, and Ross also agrees to help. T'Challa tries and fails to convince M'Baku to help him by lending his army to the fight. I, I loved... Uh, Mabaku's vegetarian joke about as much as Mabaku did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will feed you to my children. I will feed you to my children. <laughs> I am just joking. We are vegetarians. <laughs> I love Mabaku. Mm-hmm. Like, has this way... Well, and he brings this weird, like, I want to talk to your manager energy. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's it's <laughs> he's got this like very like snarky like mm-hmm. Yeah I'm patronizing you right now. <laughs> yeah, like can you believe this motherfucker here <laughs> kind of attitude? Um <laughs> so um let's see, back at the military labs, Killmonger is sending out his first shipment of weapons. Um, T'Challa downs the plane and challenges Killmonger to finish the ritual combat. Killmonger dons his own nanotech suit, similar to T'Challa's, while Wakabi and his Wakabi decides to go ahead and just uh, 
fight for um, Killmonger while the Dora Milaje side with, uh, with uh, T'Challa. Ross remotely pilots a jet to shoot down planes carrying the vibranium weapons. M'Baku and the Jabari arrive as a surprise to reinforce T'Challa. Um, during the battle, confronted by Okoye, Wakabi and his army stand down. Um, it was real subtle that Okoye and uh, 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 Wakabi <laughs> were like an item. I think that's why they had the conversation earlier with both T'Challa and Wakabi where they got, they like had the three way phone call mm. and she says, my mm. king, my yeah, love. They got called at the same time. Yeah. I, I feel like that was a, that was but a also re- when they're like both, a, they look at each other and they're like, I guess we're, we're both in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was a reshoot to clarify that because there wasn't enough evidence to show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned it. I don't think it came up in in this movie, but and I uh, neglected to mention it earlier. Uh, Okoye was from that tribe. Oh, okay. So the the Dora Milaj, um, they are not all from the Panther tribe. Okay. Um. So let's see. They're kind of they're taken from all the other tribes. Um. Um, T'Challa and Killmonger square off and fighting in Wakanda's vibranium mine. T'Challa um, disrupts Killmonger's suit and is able to stab him. Killmonger, refusing to be healed, chooses to die a free man rather than be uh, incarcerated. T'Challa takes him to the waterfall where they fought, where Killmonger dies peacefully watching the sunset. Um, that was a great villain Probably death the scene. most bars we've gotten from... Uh... Yeah, definitely the most bars we've gotten from a villain while they're dying, like yeah. bury me in the ocean. Like that's kind of that's kind of hard. That's yeah, yeah. Like my ancestors. Oh Jesus Christ! They, yeah, that's, because that's they tough. knew they knew death was better than bondage. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fucking Killmonger, man. <laughs> um, Still the most compelling villain I think that Marvel has had. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's up there. He's so um, T'Challa. Uh, so, uh, we cut some time later. T'Challa kisses Nakia, convinces her to stay in Wakanda, in Oakland. T'Challa and Shuri visit the apartment where his uncle lived and died. He plans on opening a cultural outreach center. He reveals his ship to a group of kids playing basketball. One asks who he is, and before he can answer, credits roll. Um, in a mid credit sequence, T'Challa appears before the United Nations to reveal Wakanda's true nature to the world. And in an after credit sequence, Bucky Barnes, now awake, is helped in his healing by Shuri. And then- um, which, uh, back when Ross was uh, brought in, um, Shuri had a line, another broken white boy for us to fix. Mm. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when, when, T'Challa does not say I am the Black Panther or I am the king of Wakanda to this kid. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is a callback to the first Iron Man without yep. saying it. Mm-hmm. But then the post of uh, the mid credit scene where they're like, how is Wakanda supposed to help? You're all a bunch of sheep herders. And then 
he smirks and it cuts to black. I both of those things, I was like, man, that's, that sucks as a tease. Cause I would have loved for him to say, you have no idea who we are or mm. something to that effect. Instead of like, huh, the next yeah. thing I say is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Like, but- I feel like we don't get enough of how the world sees Wakanda as a result of those two choices. Yeah. It would have been nice about like, you have no idea. Like just something like yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. you think you think you think Stark tech is advanced. Mm-hmm. Wait till you see my spaceship Bugatti. <laughs> yeah. Chadwick Boseman's brief tenure in Marvel is one of the greatest what ifs of superhero franchises. Yeah. 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 It is because I mean, he got, he got three movies. Well, I, three and a, I I guess Endgame and Infinity War two different movies. Technically, but you know, yeah, but he doesn't Kinda. do much in in end game itself. No, no, he has a much bigger role in Infinity War, though not huge. Um, yeah. Speaking of what if that uh, the what if T'Challa was Star Lord um, was probably the best one. That was so good. <laughs> I loved going the- to show how. How good when he of convinces a Thanos. Yeah, yeah, he just convinces yeah. Thanos to be. <laughs> but Thanos is constantly explaining his plan to people. Like, be like, it could work. Yeah, half of everything. He's like, it, it is efficient. It's not genocide. <laughs> yeah, it's not genocide because it's random. It's not genocide because it's, it's random. random. <laughs> I I love that the hopeful tone of that was the last that we saw of T'Challa. Mm. You know, like yes. it, that 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 they didn't take some dark turn on the character yeah. or something like that. Like we got this is the possibility. Yeah, of like, this kind of character. They take this character out into space and it makes the galaxy better. Yeah. Yes. He literally has a profound effect on mm-hmm. every planet and every person they encounter. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's that pure and that good. Like, it's fucking T'Challa, man. I I'm I have high hopes for the sequel to this movie because of the challenge that they have to overcome. There's going to be no one better, and that will be probably the the path that that film will take. It's like, how do you live up to someone as great yeah. as T'Challa or or Chadwick also? Because yeah. arguably he is better than Chris Evans ever was as like the human behind the character from from fans interactions and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and all this like going to cancer wards while he himself is fighting cancer. Yeah, man. Dude. And just like cheerful and stoic in the face of his own mortality, you know? Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Yeah, he was that... uh. Well, I I respect his his wife who he had married like right before he passed. Mm. She had said that he had, like he had made it like I think like to the point where it was almost like contractually obligated that it was never brought up in the media. Yeah. Like from Marvel's end, because he didn't want anyone to know. He was like, I want to enjoy what time I've got left. I want to be a superhero and do this thing, and I'm going to be able to embody it. And that was like a, a big thing for him. I know um, uh, one of my friends actually ran into him when he was training for this movie because he would go down to Tampa where my friend was living to train and 
he was like he met him and he was like he was a super nice guy but he did it was one of those weird things looking back on him, he said you know he looked he he looked kind of tired when i saw him like he looked he looked like not just tired but like haggard mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where it's crazy to see how fast he kind of went because in this he's like super like you even physically he looks really vital and he's there and he's ready to go but then you get even to like kind of the last few things he filmed like the uh the one spike lee movie he was in and you could see that he was like getting sick very quickly yeah well yeah i mean those like yeah the, like ma rainey's like he there's there's yeah. scenes in there where he's like he he's not looking good oh the five bloods is that what you're talking about jay the five bloods yes uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that was one of the great tragedies but in again, film history. Respect to Chadwick, because Chadwick knew he had a limited amount of time left, and boy, did he capitalize, because he had, he had been diagnosed, I think, all the way back when he was, like, working on the James Brown movie. Yeah, yeah, it was before he ever got cast as Black Panther. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it's amazing, an amazing life. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you guys about ready mm-hmm. to rank this thing? Yep. All uh, right. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> sort of. All right. There's our rankings. Sort of. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking behind Swamp Thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everything. <goes laughs> you know, Jay, I'll second that. <laughs> <laughs> um so I this is tough for me. I feel like it needs to go near the top. The exact location I'm torn on cuz there's it it gets really it gets really hard to to parse out those top ones, like those top like 5 to 7. I I will say I think Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it is better than one of those two. That's mm-hmm. that's my my thought. Yeah. I think it's definitely better. I would I think it's a better movie than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 personally. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I uh, could vibe with that. Mm-hmm. Um um I'm I'm not sure how it stands against Iron Man and Ragnarok. See, this is weird to me because I almost look at it and I go, I don't know if I think it's better than Winter Soldier, but I do think it's better than Iron Man. That's just welcome um, to the uh, rankings. That's just how welcome it to the rankings. <laughs> That's just how this stupid shit works. Like nothing nothing none of them are right. I almost like I almost want to be like, can we do like an auteur tier where it's like a a tie between Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther? Right. Because uh, I mean, these were like two of the two of the strongest Marvel movies that had been dropped, like back to back, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this this hits a lot of beats that Iron Man does not. Iron Man does not emotionally connect with me. Once it makes me laugh. Oh but sure, this movie it's just man, a, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, there's nothing. This this makes me think about humanity on a grand scale in so many different ways. Yeah. <sighs> it it could go right behind Ragnarok. Ah, uh, this one is hard. I don't know. Um, 
Brian and Al? Um, I do like that. I like pl that placement uh, above Iron Man, below Ragnarok. Let's um, do it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We're going to put it right there. Black Panther goes at number six um, between uh, Ragnarok and Iron Man, which brings us to the end of Black Panther, which means it is time for us to look ahead uh, to next week's episode. Uh, next week on a Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Infinity War. <laughs> We're already there. We're Holy already crap. to Infinity War. Yeah. There, there was not a superhero movie in between Black Panther and Infinity War. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's next week. Um, We're really getting there, guys. We've got like 30 movies left on our list. Man. Uh, <laughs> which sounds like a lot, but... Black Panther was our 130th superhero movie, so. Uh, so many movies. We've watched a lot of movies. A lot of superhero movies. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, thank you for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley. And the corset I'm wearing in my shirt is really uncomfortable. So can we all just wrap it up and go home? To think you saw me as just another crazy American. I'm Brian Lesh. <sighs> and now the powers of the Black Panther will be stripped away. I'm Jeremy Reed. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, I'm Alaric Weber. Yet another broken white boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you fixed, Al. We'll get you fixed. Or spade. I don't uh, know how yeah. that works. Oh, we, <laughs> yeah. we, did, we, we forgot to mention that Gollum and Bilbo got to have a scene together in this movie. Oh. Yep. oh. Yeah. So, all right, that's there were it. no riddles. Yeah. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>